Hello and welcome to another episode of Relationship Alive. This is your host, Neil Satin. In today's show, we're going to cover what you do when things go wrong. How do you bring your relationship back from the abyss of disconnection so that you and your partner are feeling the love and back into connection with each other? It's the fine art of relationship repair. And it'll be great for you in your relationship as well as out in the rest of your life. Whenever you're feeling that disconnection that can happen with coworkers, family, friends, etc. It's all about the process that you go through in order to not only heal whatever it is that's happened, but to do it in such a way that makes you stronger, less apt to repeat the patterns of the past, and to actually put the past behind you so that you can move on and be focused on the present and whatever glorious future lies ahead. That's what we're going to cover on today's show. First, let me just take a moment to encourage you, if you haven't already, to download my free guide called The Single Most Powerful Thing That Can Make or Break Your Relationship. In this free guide, I talk about the needs that we all have in relationship. You have them, your partner has them. And I go through it in such a way so that you can easily diagnose what's going right in your relationship and maybe what's going not so right in a way that leaves you better prepared to know exactly which aspects of your relationship need your attention and which ones will flourish if you give it more attention. So as I mentioned, it's available for free. You can get it if you go to neilsatin.com and click the send me the action plan button. Or you can simply text the word relationship to the number 33444 and follow the instructions and I will email you a link to the guide. All right, now on with the show. So your skills at repairing when something goes wrong in your relationship are one of the most important aspects of whether or not your relationship will succeed. I mean, it's a great thing to aspire to that nothing will ever go wrong in your relationship. You will never hurt your partner's feelings. You will never make them angry and that they will never leave you feeling disconnected or overlooked or not seen in who you are. That would be great. That's what we strive for. Um, and that's why it's so important to focus on creating a container for your relationship that's safe and secure enough that you can both totally flourish and be who you fully are. But the thing is, if you are being vulnerable and courageous, as we talked about a couple episodes ago, then the odds are that you are going to be open to not only the amazing joys that you can experience with your partner, but to the inevitable hurts and bruises. And those could be the little tiny things um, that happen just when you're triggered and you say something you don't mean, or they could be really big things that maybe are occurring now, hopefully not now, but maybe they're remnants of the past, past big things that have happened and that are haunting you in your relationship. So, those things are, are going to happen on some level. Hopefully not the big things, but certainly the small things are going to happen, no matter how much we shoot for uh, zero negativity or that golden ratio of five to one positive to negative things, as John Gottman talks about. So no matter whether or not you're shooting for it, it's probably going to happen that you will come up against a time that you need to repair. 
So how do you know when that's happened? Well, the most obvious thing is when something has happened that is breaking the container of your relationship. Now, the purpose of your container, as I just mentioned, is to foster safety in your relationship. The safer you are, the more free you will feel to be who you fully are, the more you won't be on guard or shutting yourself down or, uh, or fighting. Um, so you want to be safe in your relationship. But there are so many things that can threaten that safety. So it could simply be something negative or a comment that comes across as a, as an ouch to your partner. Or it could be that you didn't keep your word on something or follow through on something that you said you were going to do. Um, it could be that you are skirting the edges of the agreements that you have with your partner about where you're going to put your attention and how you're going to foster the energy of connection between the two of you. Um, or it could be something major, like, uh, like a, a violation of an agreement that the two of you have. The most obvious one being, you know, when you're in agreement around being in an, a monogamous relationship and one or the other of you steps outside. But there's even gray area there, like how much flirting is okay and, and that sort of thing. Those are topics for larger conversations about your container, and I encourage you to have them. But the, the fact remains that no matter where you are in that conversation, there are all these opportunities all the time for us to step on each other's toes and get hurt and create a, a circumstance where you need to repair. So, um, and one more thing that I wanted to mention about that is that the odds are that if you are hurting in your relationship, that so is your partner. Now, it could be that your partner is in denial of, you know, that they're in that space of like, no, everything's great, even though things aren't great with you. Um, and if they are, well, let's take a moment to address that. Actually, I'm going to talk about that in a moment. So let's just say that if you're hurting, the odds are good that your partner is too. If you're feeling the disconnection, then the odds are good that your partner is feeling that disconnection too. So hopefully, no matter how much you feel like your partner owes you like the biggest apology in the world, they are probably feeling the same way. So you can both be angry at each other and waiting for righteously for your chance to get apologized to. And at the same time, you can hopefully see that you're both hurting in that moment. And what I want you to see is that no matter what experience you're having, you are there together. You're in it together. And so if you can bridge the gap, even just to see that you are both hurting in that moment, that disconnection doesn't feel good to either of you, then that sets you up to be able to stay compassionate and to even in that moment find a little bit of the connection that's missing when something needs to be repaired. Great. So there are a few areas where we can do things for the most holistic, long-lasting, robust repair. And here they are. The first area is the things that you do within yourself. 
The second area are the things that you do as a couple. So you're doing all this work within yourself. And then at the same time, you're also doing this relational work in how you handle what happened as a couple. And then the third thing, and this tends to not come up in smaller instances, but in the bigger instances, this can come up. And it's how you find support outside of your unit as a couple from friends or from specialists like therapists and coaches and healers, how you find the support to foster the healing so that it's ongoing. And I'm going to cover all three of these areas in more detail so you get a sense of what I'm talking about. So first, let's talk about the work that we need to do within. So the very first thing that you need to examine is what is happening within you. Get really related and present to your own experience in this moment. Where are you feeling it in your body? How does it feel? What label can you put on those feelings? Can you name the feelings that you're having? Just get really clear on how you're actually feeling because odds are good that you're in some sense, some state of trigger once you're hurt. And so the more connected you can be to your own experience, then the more you'll be able to come to the repair part of the process without being totally hijacked by your trigger. So you want to get really related to you and have some compassion for yourself as well. So whether it's that you're hurting because of what happened or because you're hurting because you don't even understand what happened and you're feeling this disconnection from your partner and you're just like, what did I do? I don't even know. In whatever the situation is, it's guaranteed that you are having an experience within your body. So can you get clear on what that is right here and right now? Great. The next thing is... Can you get clear on the facts of what happened? Now, this may or may not be possible for you, but as much as you can, I invite you to examine what happened not through the lens of your judgment about what happened, but more through the question of what are the actual actions and events that happened? So just to offer you a, a simple example of this, um, I, can, I can tell you one right now. So this just happened a few moments ago. I was taking a break from recording. I went downstairs to talk to Chloe. Chloe is working on putting uh, the, um, the slides and things from the most recent class that we conducted online. So where she's working and I'm taking a break. And we're coming together to chat about all the things that we want to do together, both work and play. And we're, we're making a list and we're talking about it, but I noticed that she's really distracted and just trying to, to focus on getting this work done. So I decide, well, okay, I'm going to get up and I'm going to take the dog out because she's really busy. So I just get up and I take the dog and I, I move to take the dog out. Well, Chloe now thinks that I'm really mad at her. And I was actually aggravated, but I wasn't mad at her. It was about something totally else that happened before I even came into the room. But for her, she felt that as this um, 
really big uh, um, thing that I had done. I had just kind of walked out of the room in a in a huff. Well, that wasn't my intention at all. Now, if she had described her judgment about what had just happened, she might have said something like, um, well, instead of uh, communicating with me and, um, you, you know, you just like were you just took it upon yourself to like get up and go into the other room and, and say something about taking the dog out in a big huff. So in a, in a way that sounds like what happened, but you can hear in what I described all of the potential judgments. Like I was in a huff and I was angry and it didn't quite happen this way, but I hope you you're getting the point. Um, whereas what actually happen or I I could just as easily say well you weren't really you were kind of inconsiderate I was sitting there trying to have a conversation with you and and rather than talk to me you were just I guess you decided it was more important to just focus on what was happening on your computer screen so again that seems sort of like what happened but is full of my judgment about what happened so what actually happened in that moment was Chloe was focused on her work and I decided that I was going to let her focus on her work. And so I got up and left the room and I didn't say anything to her and I decided I was going to take the dog out. And so I got ready to do that. That's basically what happened. And I'm hoping that you can hear how there's a certain amount of neutrality in that. I'm just describing these are the things that happen. And the purpose of doing that is to remove some of the charge around what happened and get you related to just the simple events. Because the truth is that even in the worst of situations, there are always two points of view. And most people are operating from a position of the best possible intent. Even when they do something hurtful, it's usually not to hurt you. It's because they're doing the best they can. Now, the best they can might need to get better. Um, so it's, this isn't about making excuses for poor choices. Um, but it's not going to serve you to hold yourself in judgment of your partner's poor choices. Uh, because that's going to keep you separate and it's going to keep the healing from happening. So as much as possible, I want to, I want to foster for you the things that are going to create compassion in you. So first thing is just neutralizing the charge by as clearly as possible, just describing what happened. And if you did do something like for me, when I look at that, I can say, yeah, I actually did leave the room without saying anything to Chloe. So the next question is, what can I take responsibility for? So what can you take responsibility for? And can you acknowledge what you did without making your partner responsible for what happened? So in this example that I'm just offering off the top of my head, um, can I take responsibility for, yeah, I got up and I left the room and I didn't say anything. Um, now, making Chloe responsible for that would be something like, um, 
well, you seemed so engrossed in what you were doing that I didn't want to bother you. So I just got up and left. You know, now it's somehow her fault that I didn't say anything. Um, even though, as you can see, even in that explanation, I had the best intentions. I didn't want to interrupt her. I was going to let her do her thing. Um, I'm still making her responsible for what I did. So this is just a really simple example, but hopefully you can generalize it to your situation. The big thing is here is, can you take responsibility for your part? And even if you're only responsible for 1% or 2% of what happened, can you take responsibility? Can you own that part of what you did? And can you do it in a way that's not in any way pushing the blame back on your partner? So, and this is all about recognizing this within you. In a moment, we'll talk about how you relate as a couple um, because there'll be a moment where you can communicate your responsibility to your partner. But before you do that, can you just see what happened and can you take responsibility for it? And then you might want to inquire further about what it is within you that caused you to do that in the first place. And for this, there's no better tool than something like internal family systems, which we talked about in our episode with Dick Schwartz. Um, or um, way back in our episode on inner bonding with Margaret Paul. These are both um, really great tools for the inner kind of inquiry that helps you get to the root of why you did the things that you did. And you want to find out, again, not to create excuses for what you did, but the odds are good that there's something within you that needs acknowledgement or healing around the action that you took, or at least needs a little bit of awareness. So as an example, again, looking at this situation, it could be, and I'm just, I'm doing a really quick inner gut check. It could be that I didn't want to feel like I might create conflict with Chloe by saying something because I didn't trust myself to say it in a way that would be gentle and compassionate instead of triggering. So instead of saying anything, I just avoided it and I got up and left the room. Now, I'm just kind of speculating and I encourage you to take the time that you need to figure that out for yourself. What was behind what you did? And is there any inner work, inner healing that you need to do? Um, if you want to look at a bigger example, um, you know, think about one of the reasons that many people have affairs is because there's some need of theirs that's not being met in the relationship. Um, that's not always the case, but oftentimes it is. Or it could be that there's something that they're avoiding in the relationship, typically a big problem that they're avoiding. And rather than deal with it head on, they look for ways to make themselves feel better. And hey, nothing feels better than getting some positive attention from another person. So can you get honest with yourself about what was going on with you? And, and if you get to that surface level of like, yeah, the attention felt good. Well, why? Why did you need that attention? What was feeling so bad? What part of you needed help? And this helps you get really related to your own inner work, your own inner growth and development that needs to happen. Okay. 
So once you do those three things, that's the bulk of the work that you need to do within, the bulk of the work that you need to do by yourself. Or, I mean, you can get help with a coach or, or a therapist, of course, or even your partner, if they're willing to show up for you that way. Um, that can be great. So, and that bridges us into what you do as a couple. Now, you've probably heard this before, but it bears repeating that the two most powerful words when it comes to repair are, I'm sorry. So, whether you're, if you, if you're waiting for your partner to say that to you, it can have a much more powerful impact if you say it first. And if you say it in a way that is not just a, like a knee jerk response to like, Oh shit, I did something wrong and now I gotta fix it. So I'm gonna say I'm sorry. Not like that. More like the kind of I'm sorry that happens when you really reflect on your actions. So. Going back to the example from before, you know, Chloe, I'm, I did, I got up and I left the room and I'm sorry. I'm sorry that, that, that it made you feel the way it did. And, uh, that wasn't my intent, but I, I just want you to know that I'm really sorry. So sometimes I'm sorry is good when it comes first. Other times you need to wait for I'm sorry. And I'm going to tell you what I mean by that. Um, so. Here's some important topics to consider with your partner together. Um, the first is you might discuss your experience. You might say, like, here's how I'm feeling about what happened. And, and again, this is not one of those, like, I'm feeling like you, you don't care about me. Not that kind of feeling. That's really more of a blame or a projection. I'm talking about, like, you know, when that happened, I just felt this huge contraction inside and, like, um, suddenly I was, I was losing you, even though it was simple. Like you were just mad at me because I left the room. Um, I just felt this real tightness and loneliness within me. And, um, yeah. And that's what I felt when I, you know, when I left and you said what you said to me, just as an example. Um, so can you, can you share your, uh, inarguable truth? of your experience with your partner? And then can you take responsibility with your partner for your part, again, without turning it back on them? So can you share with them your reflections? And I invite you before you just start sharing it to ask them if they're ready to hear it. You know, would you, would you be willing to hear um, my reflections on what happened and, and within me and, and why I did what I did. And would you be open to hearing that? Um, your partner may not be ready. And if they're not, then again, this isn't an instant fix solution. Like repair can sometimes take time. So if they say yes, then great, you share. And if they say no, then you might discuss, well, what do you need? in order to feel, in order to feel like you want to hear that. Um, and they may say, well, something like, well, before I want to listen to you, I want to feel heard. Um, so this is a great opportunity for you to really get curious about what's happening in your, with your partner, what's happening in their experience. 
Um, and hopefully you can really get related to each other's experience in a way that creates, again, some compassion for you. So another question around taking responsibility is, is there a way that I can take responsibility for what happened that would be most meaningful to you? So it may not be enough for your partner to hear like, yes, you know, I, I see that I did this thing and I take responsibility for it. It may not be enough to hear that. But if you inquire, especially if it isn't enough, if you say like, well, what would, what would help me show you that I'm taking responsibility for this in a way that would actually make a difference to you, then you're going to get some more information from your partner. And if you're hearing this question, this is a chance for you to resist the urge to be punitive and instead to think about what really would make a difference for you. And if you don't know, then that's perfectly fine. But you can acknowledge that, like, I don't really know. And if you don't know, then in a sense, it's your responsibility to figure that out. So you may say, I don't really know and I need some time and space to figure that out. Or maybe you could help me figure that out. So it becomes a dialogue. So whichever step you are along the way, you want to be fostering that dialogue, that openness, that curiosity. And then finally, this is all about getting related to what happened and taking responsibility for it. And the more that you can both do that about whatever it is that happened, then the more both of you will feel heard and you'll also feel like you're not totally being blamed for what happened. Um, again, even if you're only responsible for 1%, take responsibility for that 1%. It's going to make a huge difference to your partner to hear that. And then finally, there's this question about making amends. Is there a way that you can make amends to your partner? And making amends are typically an action that you take or a series of actions that show that you recognize what you did was, let's say, not appropriate and that you're taking steps to either not do it again or that if you happen to do it again, um, because let's say we can all get angry and feel triggered and say something hurtful. So what, do, what can you commit to? What actions can you commit to so that if it happens again, you are quick to repair, quick to apologize, quick to undo, quick to acknowledge that you just did something and, and you're taking responsibility for it. So this is, an, again, another great time for dialogue between the two of you because you may have some ideas about what would be good amends, what would be good actions to take. Um, it's good to think about it sometimes as acts of service that you do that are about redeeming yourself, let's say. And it's also good to ask your partner, are there particular actions that I can do that would really make a difference to you in feeling like things are better or that that won't happen again or that I really do take this seriously? Um, so again, fostering the dialogue. And and it in, I encourage you both to think about what things would be meaningful. And they could be a single act 
Or it could be an ongoing process that you commit to for, say, a month or three months. Um, it's great if it's like an indefinite thing. But sometimes with amends, it's, it's helpful, particularly around big things, to just say, like, I commit to doing this for the next three months, and then we will check in with each other and see, uh, and see where we're at. Because things can shift and become less important over time. So it's just worth it to build those kind of check-ins into your dialogue about it. Another interesting facet of amends might be not only the amends that you make to your partner, but there are the amends that you make to yourself, to the parts of you that got hurt in the process through your own actions. It doesn't feel good to be mean. It doesn't feel good to hurt other people. It doesn't feel good to, to step away and to deny the parts of you that are, that are yearning for even deeper connection and intimacy. So what amends can you make to yourself? The actions that you take that prove to you, to the you within you, that you mean business and that you're, you're on a journey of growth and healing and, and not repeating the mistakes of the past or the actions that lead to pain, um, you're committed to a new path that may still lead to pain in the future. But the more that you do this, the more that you go through this process, the easier it becomes to recover. And also the more um, of your own inner work and healing that you experience, the less likely it is that you're going to do something huge that's going to cause some major problems. So you're going to be focusing on things that are smaller and smaller, hopefully, um, for the most part. And, um, those things are easier and easier to patch up and you get momentum in the, in the positive direction in your relationship. So again, don't forget the words, I'm sorry, and to find the appropriate times to, to say them. Sometimes you even have to say it more than once. Um, and I trust you that you'll pay attention to when the right moments are to say, I'm sorry. And then, as I mentioned, there's the opportunity to involve other people in the repair if it's necessary. Now, this is only necessary in certain circumstances, but it might be that you need someone outside of your relationship, like a, like a therapist or a coach or a really good friend to hold you accountable to the commitments that you make, the commitments and agreements that you make around doing things differently. So it can be really good to get understanding and compassion from your friends for sure. And I recommend a healthy dose of that along with tough love from your friends who hopefully aren't afraid to tell it like it is and call you on your bullshit when it's important to do so. Um, but then the, the people outside of your relationship can be great support for, um, like in the case of a coach or therapist, the, the healing work that you want to do within or the healing work that you're doing as a couple or just simply someone to report to so that there's someone outside of the unit who's also holding you. It's like when you get married and you get married in, and typically you're witnessed by a community. And part of the reason that you have people witness you is because you want them to also honor the container of your relationship and to help you, to support you, to stay accountable to the agreements that you're making. So I leave it 
to you to decide whether it's important to uh, bring in an outside party to help you in the repair process. And I just suggest that if you do that, make sure that that's, that that comes from a conversation within your relationship so that you and your partner are both aware of how outside people are being incorporated into the healing process and so that you're both in agreement about that because you want to feel like like again involving that other person is supporting the the container supporting the safety of your relationship which is why you have you know a repair process in the first place so you want to ensure that these outsiders are helping and the only way to do that is to ensure that you're both in agreement that it's a good idea all right. So that is, in a very big nutshell, the way that the process of repair works. Now, obviously, there are nuances based on the specifics of your situation. And there are some times when certain things will and won't be appropriate. So if you have questions, as always, feel free to drop me a line, neilius at neilsatin.com. Or you can join the Relationship Alive community on Facebook and leave your questions there. We're trying to create a safe place for people to talk about the podcast and to talk about things that are coming up in their relationship, in your relationship. And uh, and if you do feel like you need support, either on your own or as a couple, please feel free to reach out. Um, I would love to help you get through whatever it is you're getting through so that you're on the other side of it and experiencing that rush and exhilaration of seeing that, oh my God, we actually got through this. We're stronger than we were before. And we have so many more tools um, now for dealing with conflict and repairing from conflict than we did. So that's, as you might have guessed, one of the things that I'm most passionate about. I'd love to share that with you. Thank you so much for joining me on this week's episode of Relationship Alive. Next week, we will have Dan Weil, the creator of Collaborative Couples Therapy and one of the few people that John Gottman recommends as a stellar standout in terms of who, uh, someone whose work is really helping couples um, come together and collaborate. And there's no place where collaboration is more important than in how we repair. So please do check out next week's episode. And in the meantime, take care.